I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 Sports. I am joined this Sunday night. It's 8.30 Sunday night by Kevin Flaherty, as we do every Sunday during the football season. Kevin, um, I think it's been a little bit of a busy weekend for you now with basketball going on and all your basketball duties for 24-7 sports, but the weekend been all right for you so far? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's uh, the start of feast week, you know, for basketball. So you get – it's been an unbelievable day full of games and everything. It's going to be like that kind of all week. So it's – it's one of the cooler times of year and you usually get some fun, you know, football games on both the Saturday before and then the week after Thanksgiving too. So great time to uh, great time to watch sports for sure. It really is. It's a great sports week. I mean, I don't know if you're a soccer person too, but World oh, Cup yeah. starts today, World Cup you know, tomorrow. there's a, uh, yeah, U.S. Wales. I'll be back yeah. from Lance Lapold's press conference just in time to watch it. <laughs> but obviously we're here to talk about KU football's 55 to 14 loss to Texas at home. The first time Kansas has been blown out this season, the first time they've really been uncompetitive for a full four quarters this season, the worst margin of defeat for Kansas since Oklahoma State of last year when they lost 55-3. to It's worth noting that's probably notable in and of itself that Kansas has gone this long without having a major blowout, just considering the state of the roster and everything. I think that it's impressive that Kansas has been able to hang in games and be resilient, but I don't think that was the case. We'll talk about that later, but I think, Kevin, we have to start with Jalen Daniels playing sure. and making his return five weeks out due to a separated right shoulder. Um, what was your reaction when you saw the, the, the tweet or just Jalen taking the field? what did you think when you saw him going out there? What was your first reaction? I thought it was really cool when he took the field and I mean, you were there in person, but I mean, even over the broadcast, you could hear the cheer from everybody and just the way this fan base has, has gotten behind, not just this team, but, but Jalen in particular. And I think a lot of that has to do not just with the success that he's found, but also his personality. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you talk to him, he's, you know, he's such a, an emotional, excitable guy and, and a passionate guy. And so I, I thought that was really cool. Um, you and I were talking before the broadcast. I think you figured out pretty early on it wasn't business as usual for Jalen. Mm-hmm. You know, when when Kansas is running sort of that little uh, that little zone give that they run where Jalen typically has the option to keep it. And Texas was just – they were sending everybody at the dive back. And 
when that happens, you know, Jalen usually he pulls that thing and and he's a real danger. And last time we saw Jalen, if you remember back against TCU, when Kansas was running the option against TCU, TCU was accounting for Jalen Daniels more than the pitchback. Yeah. Like they were saying, hey, if you're going to make this pitch, you could have a big play here, but we think you're going to keep it. Texas went the exact opposite. It wound up being the right strategy because I think about the third or so time that that Texas was showing everything that would make you pull that thing and Jalen went ahead and gave it anyway, you realized, okay, either he's not feeling comfortable running or he's been given a directive of, Hey, you know, just give this thing. Don't put yourself at risk or whatever else. And, and let's be honest, Michael, it was going to be really tough. It was going to be tough to beat Texas regardless, but it was going to be really tough to beat Texas with the limits on Kansas's quarterback situation yesterday. Exactly. And I think we'll hit on Texas later, but this was a Texas team that clearly spent the year with this game circled. And again, what we talked about it when we did kind of our preseason look ahead, we talked about the fact that this is a game that Texas in years past kind of looks ahead or looks past, right? Oh, it's KU, whatever. This is one of those games where they have this game circled. And I think if you have a Texas team that is focused has the game circled, they're really hard to beat. I think with Jalen Daniels, it's interesting because if you listen to the messaging from Lance Leipold, super reluctant to talk about Jalen in any form. Yep. He literally moved the press conference day from Tuesdays to Mondays because he does not want to answer injury questions. And then all of a sudden last week, he goes on about 30 to 60 seconds talking about Jalen being close. And you can see how close he is and it's day to day. And, when he said that, I think he had a really good idea that, okay, this is the closest Jalen Daniels has been to playing all season. But within that, Lance Leipold also said that Jalen will not be back to 100% this season. Yeah, There is not an expectation that he will be back to the first three weeks of the season, Jalen Daniels this season. And you saw that. I think it's perfectly fair to point out that, hey, those throws that Jalen made early in the season where it's like a little flick of the wrist, super easy, and it looks like a, just on a tightrope, you know, He's throwing seeds is the, is the baseball term. Yeah. But it wasn't like that. I think it's also telling you something when the first throw from scrimmage is also a pick six or almost a pick six, right? Yeah. How many interceptable throws did Jalen Daniels have early in the season? Like maybe a handful. And then first play from scrimmage to have that happen was almost like a uh-oh type of moment. And so for me, I you got to give credit to Jalen for showing up and doing it, right? In, in the new era of college football, it would have been totally understandable if Jalen Daniels says, I'm looking out for me here. I'm not going to come back and play. I'm going to sit out, you know, whatever the term is, quiet quitting. I'm going to do that, and I'll be back next year. For him to actually show up and play, I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think you saw the rust maybe wear off a little bit as the game went on. You saw some pretty good throws. I think you also saw some indecision. I You mentioned, I think you bringing up the, the running aspect is really important here because – I think that's what made the KU offense so potent early in the season was you didn't know who's going to have the ball. Was it Hightshaw? Yeah. Was it Daniels? Are they actually going to pass it this time? Everything became very predictable. And Kansas, I don't think, is in a position where it can be predictable offensively against a team like Texas, too, and have success. So, I mean, overall, I think you got to give Daniels credit. It wasn't perfect. He clearly was not at 100%. I don't care what a, a Twitter egg says that he was not at hundred percent and didn't look like he was at hundred percent. 
And for me, I'm just fascinated to see what he looks like against K-State this week. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think, you know, I obviously I follow along with you during during game days, and I, I thought your your tweet was, was pretty prescient, the one where it was like, look, Kansas, it's not like Kansas has this fully stocked grocery of healthy quarterbacks mm-hmm. here. You know, you've you've got Jason Bean who's battling through some stuff himself, and you've got a true freshman in Ethan Vasco. And and let's be honest, Mike, like the people that you and I talk to, Michael, say that they like Ethan Vasco for the future, but there's a big step between for the future and, and right now. And, and that's not a knock on the kid. That's just about anybody. That's yeah. you look at Jalen Daniels is a freshman. I mean, he was, he was getting absolutely tattooed out there mm-hmm. and people were bringing up clips of his and showing them against Baylor where they were saying, Oh, you would have had the first down if you would have made this easy read, but he doesn't know what he's looking at. It, it's tough to do that as a true freshman quarterback. And so when your choices are, if we're being kind to 75% Jalen Daniels, a, a Jason Bean who's dealing with his own set of injury mm-hmm. issues, or a true freshman, it's not like Kansas was was going out and had all these great options that they could tap into at, at quarterback. And, and I give all the credit to the world that, you know, to Jalen Daniels for playing in that game. I think one of the things that he's shown pretty much from the second he first put on his pads as a Kansas player is this is a tough kid. You know, I mean, he took some shots as a freshman that I don't, I didn't think he was going to get up from. And I think him playing showed a lot of that toughness. He made some big time throws. I mean, as the game went on and everything, Um, I know we're talking about Jalen right now. The game was generally non-competitive. And I think that, Kansas needed to sort of live on the margins to keep things close enough to where maybe if something happened, they could pull back in and having that touchdown pass pulled off for the illegal man downfield that apparently according to Mike Pereira, the former official and and the Fox sports rules expert should not have been called Mm -hmm. after that point, you miss the field goal. Texas goes right back down and scores. I, I thought that was your ball game right there. It wasn't that, hey, if KU scores here, they're going to win, but it was KU scores there. There's still that little seed of something there where, hey, you, on this next drive, maybe you're going to stop. Maybe Quinn Ewers throws a pick, maybe whatever. You're you're in this ball game to, to get the missed field goal instead and then have Texas score. I, I really thought that that was kind of what, what decided the ball game right there where, hey, it's it's done. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is something that Caroline and I talked about in our kind of post-game rap video on Saturday was that was definitely like the watershed moment in the game. And yeah. I think it's – those are the moments in the past games. You think about Oklahoma and Baylor and some of the games that maybe KU has lost but still been competitive in. KU scores a touchdown there, right? And all of a sudden you have momentum. Maybe the defense is thinking, all right, here we go. Get one stop. And all of a sudden you get the ball back to the offense and it's 17-7. to all of a sudden you're asking the defense to go back out there. It's 17, nothing. Your offense just squandered an opportunity. And it's hard to also mention, right? The drive previous, they got past midfield and then had the the weird fourth down call where they try to throw it to Tanaka Scott in the flat and you get nothing out of it. So it's back-to-back drives where the offense was in decent position. And then the defense has to go out there and try and preserve something that's just not there. And 
I think it all very much snowballed from there. Jacob Borchilla now 7 of 13 on the season, field goal-wise. Not good. Obviously, you saw Katie make a change at the kicking position over the, the next kind of part of the game. They did the same thing with the punter, too. Um, Reese Vernon was taken out as well. So, I mean, obviously, Lance Leipold was not happy with that. But I guess uh, holistically, Kevin, um, offensively, you know, KU uh, scoreless at half, yep. really scores in the second half when I think Texas maybe was getting a little bit of kind of the softer coverage stuff you saw KU take advantage of against Baylor. What did you think of the overall offensive performance? We talked about Daniels, but just the offense, what did you think? Yeah, I thought I thought it was tough. I thought uh... – Andy Kotelnicki has had a brilliant season, and I don't want anybody to take this um, as him not. But I thought there were some moments where maybe you know Kansas stuck with the with the little um, the little read handoff maybe a little too long when it became apparent that that Texas wasn't going to jump on that at all if Daniels was not going to keep. Um, I thought the the horizontal throw on fourth down, you're not going to out-athlete Texas to the outside in, in that situation. Yeah. And even beyond that, I think we've seen when Kansas has tried to throw things like wide receiver screens this year, the Kansas' receivers have been pretty hit or miss, you know, as far as as far as blocking on the perimeter and and things like that. And so there were there were some interesting calls there. And and the reason the reason we bring those up is I feel like Kansas in general, the season kind of goes on the edge of a knife, right? Because you aren't as talented as these other teams. And so mm-hmm. you really need, you really need when Quentin Skinner gets the matchup that you want and he's open down the field and you hit him in the hands and, and don't get me wrong. That was a tough catch. Like, but you need that ball to be a little bit more accurately thrown or you need him to make the catch those are the plays that you need to make for Kansas to be good. And, and while, while on one hand, you know, KU, obviously Lance Leipold wasn't happy with the way that they played at all. But the one thing that I would say is he has a very loud teaching point now where he can go back and say to guys, you think that you're so far removed from what happened to us last year. Mm-hmm. If you're not crisp, if you're not playing clean, if you're making mistakes, if you're not doing the right things, and even, you know, we'll get to the defense, but even when your effort level isn't what it what it should be, these things are still possible. You can still get absolutely run out of your own stadium by somebody if you aren't doing things the right way. Offensively, uh, I thought it was, it was just too tough with a combination of, of everything with – a limited quarterback. Texas is very good against the run. They're terrific mm-hmm. up front. Um, and, and so it, it was a bad matchup. And then when Kansas had chances to make plays in the passing game, they made a few of them, but but ultimately, Michael, not not enough. What did, yep. what did you think? No, I think that's a very good assessment, right? Texas is bigger, faster, stronger at the line of scrimmage, um, particularly their defensive line against Cave's offensive line. I think Cave's offensive line has been so good this season, so, yeah. so good. But that was one of those games where I think you saw it's about the Jimmys and Joes and scheme can only do so much for you. And I think that was apparent. And that's perfectly fine. Kansas can get outplayed in the trenches against Texas. That is allowed to happen. (laughs) It doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the fact that K's offensive line has been really good. 
in what nine out of the 11 games this season, you know, that doesn't have to change it, but I just think that the execution wasn't great. That's a really good mention by you for the Quentin Skinner pass over the middle. That's when that's a touchdown. If we're talking about week three, Dylan Daniels, right against Houston, that is a touchdown. He throws it perfectly to Quentin Skinner. And I think that's the difference, right? You have a Jalen Daniels. That's not hundred percent has some rust. And with that comes the smidge of a misplay. And I think it's saying something too that, hey, Quinn Skinner was open and there were times where guys were open. That is a positive, right? Cage didn't execute. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something Andy Kolderneki, when we talked to him on Tuesday, I already know what he's going to say. You know, we didn't execute. And it's on the coaches, you know, for not getting the players up for it and blah, blah, blah. And it's on the players also for not executing. So mm-hmm. I think for me, offensively, you just look at this game and say, Run game wise, K really didn't have much of a chance against Texas mm-hmm. just because that's their strength. And that's their strength. And you fell behind so early. Yeah, right? exactly. And then you're relying on a quarterback that's not 100. percent So, but also you can't give up 50 plus points. <laughs> Pretty simple too, right? You know, KU last season beat Texas giving up 50 plus points, but they also had a pick six. Uh, Jalen Daniels played an incredible game, and that Texas defense last year was some Swiss cheese. And it's very different this year, but the defense has to be better. I just look at overall. It was so, so here, Kevin, this is what I, I found this fascinating. I'll write about this more on the website on Monday morning. But as I rewatched the game, man, KU's defensive line didn't actually get like pancaked yeah. and beat up. Texas just has the best running back in college football. And you saw that Bijan Robinson made incredible plays. There were times where KU had their gaps filled. Like if you want to do teaching tape, like they executed. And then Bijan Robinson just made a, a play that a first round pick future NFL rookie of the year makes and makes KU's guys look silly and turns it into a 20 yard game. I just, sometimes you, you go up against a guy that's on fire and, it just kind of snowballs on you. And I think that's maybe what happened to KU. And I think you've seen that a bunch this season when a team starts to run the ball a little bit, then all of a sudden it can kind of snowball. And I think that's exactly what happened. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, your point on Bijan is well taken because I think when you look at the touchdown where he kind of bounced it out um, in the first half, you know, Kalen Durbin was the guy who was supposed to kind of set the edge there. He got sucked in a little bit. And not that not that Gervin didn't misplay it. He did. But if he misplayed that against any number of other Big 12 running backs, it's a 10-yard gain probably. Mm-hmm. Whereas in that situation, you know, Bijan's gone. Like it's – there's he, – he sees that, he bounces it, and you're not getting back in that play. And so it's a combination of things, really – Right. Like it's not it's not just that, hey, this went wrong and whatever else. It's it's also, hey, the other guy is really, really good. That Texas offensive line is really good. The freshman offensive tackles or tackle on that line. Yeah, um, it it is unbelievably. He's going to be an absolute stud and. And I'm glad the end of his career is probably going to be played in the SEC and not 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 in the Big 12. But I think one of the things that did bother me a little bit with the defense was, and I'm sure that this is not going to be a pleasant tape watch for them um, with Brian Borland, was there were certain plays, especially once KU got down. And you were talking about that snowballing. It's not necessarily that, hey, when it was, you know, 14 to nothing or whatever, that KU was was that bad or, or 17 to nothing. It's not that KU was that bad then. I think a lot of the busts came a little bit later mm-hmm. and there were things um, you think about, you remember when Texas had a third and nine and they give the ball to Bijan and like somebody grabs a hold of his leg and he kind of one legged hops and gets nine yards and it sets up a fourth and short to Texas then converts. Mm-hmm. Like there was a player on that play who had, who was right in front of Bijan as he's hopping one legged and he didn't close on him like he waited and there was stuff like that where you would see, you know, one of his big runs and you would see somebody not putting out a hundred percent effort. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's so fascinating. I, I know people are probably tired of me taking things back to when I covered Texas, because this is not a Texas podcast, but um, when I covered Texas and, and they were really struggling for part of it, Mac Brown kind of, relayed a message that that he had gotten when they got killed by UCLA Um, and you know I think Mac Brown said on maybe a radio interview well the guys quit or something like that and he got a call from Daryl Royal um, Texas legendary coach in his own right Hall of Famer and and Royal said to him he goes you know you're really going to regret saying that he goes because when you flip on the tape you're going to find that not everybody quit. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not saying he's like, I'm not saying that there weren't some lapses in effort. I'm not saying there weren't guys out there who maybe, you know, hung their heads or whatever. But he goes, you're going to fight. You just said your whole team quit and you're going to fire up that tape. And you're going to realize a lot of those guys were, were still busting mm-hmm. it. And, and that was something that, that he took from that. I think, you know, watching 
that second half and watching the way things got away, it was very tempting to say, you know, hey, the defense is quitting. They're mm-hmm. they're hanging their heads. And I do think there are going to be plays that they're going to fire up and people and Brian Borland's going to point at it and say, that's not good enough effort. You did not sell out enough there. You know, that's not what we teach. You mm-hmm. were not clean on that rep. But I don't think they're going to come away feeling like their team quit. And I think that even later in the game, you saw that there were still guys, you know, selling out and trying to do some good things there. Did you watch the post-game press conference with Leipold? I did not, actually. And uh, and I'm, I'm excited about that because I, I kind of feel like Christmas Day and that you're about yeah. to show me something that I haven't seen yet. I've got a present here for you because it's on. I love you brought that up because I think that's what Lance did here. You know, I... You know, there's guys on the sideline, literally in tears. They want to compete so bad, and they're and they're frustrated, and 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 want to see us do better because they care so much. And uh, that means a lot, and it means a lot to me and our coaches and to other guys. We got to make sure that we have that spread throughout this program. The last part there is what matters. Yeah, we have to make sure that spread throughout this program. That's his way of saying. There were some guys out there competing for all four quarters and, and upset with the way that the game went. And there are others that weren't. And I think that quote in of itself speaks volumes. And talking to Sam Burt after the game, he had some really interesting comments. Um, I thought Sam Burt and Caleb yeah. Sampson were two of those guys that that were still selling out. Exactly. And I think that that's a really good example of senior leadership. And I think Sam Burt said it really well post game. Basically, the intensity wasn't there. He said it wasn't even in practice. And then Lonnie Phelps got up and during halftime was kind of saying that we are better than 31 to nothing. This is unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. I think the fact that some of those players, A, feel comfortable taking it upon themselves to state that, but also take accountability, right? Sam Bird said that, hey, that's on me too as a senior leader, that it wasn't spread throughout the team. And so I think it's very fascinating because obviously it's the first time this season that KU has been blown out and you have so much success early in the season. And I think KU dealt with the success well, right? I think week in and week out, you saw them be pretty consistent in terms of performance. And then I think what you've seen happen is over the last kind of few weeks is this losing skid has happened. Obviously there was the good performance against Oklahoma state that maybe in hindsight feels a little bit like a culmination right? Where you have your bye week and then you come out and you play the best game, most complete game of the season. I hate the the phrase saying it's your Super Bowl, but to some degree, it felt like that. There was a lot of build up towards that. I don't think Katie's been able to maintain that level of physicality up front, maintain that level of execution in all three phases of the game. And I think it just shows that, hey, this is still year two of a rebuild. And even though Things are so much better than they were at the start of the season at, as they were when Leipold took over as they were any time under Les Miles or any of the previous two coaches. This is still a rebuild, and there are still players within the program that are going to need to buy in or they're going to be somewhere else. I don't know who those players are. The coaches will after looking at the film, and those players will know too, and that's all that matters. And so I think it's just an interesting comment made by Leipold um, – Obviously, post-game kind of heated the moment, if you will, but I think it speaks volumes that that's where his mindset is at, that 
it's good that there are players that care so much that getting your tail kicked in sucks and it upsets them that they weren't able to play better. But also, why pull to see the players that maybe don't feel that way? I think it's a great learning experience and a great lesson. And I think back to something that Kevin, I think you called me after uh, the Kansas Iowa State game last year. I think I was driving home to my apartment in Des Moines and, and we were talking about, you know, obviously the game was not good for Kansas, right? They got blown out, but it was a great learning experience for the coaches who in that fourth quarter was still out there competing and executing, who was out there trying to still give it their all, even though the game was lost. And I think this is one of those opportunities where I think the coaches are going to learn a lot about the team and and some of the certain players because of the way that they handled uh, a setback and a loss like this. Yeah, you never stop building culture. You know, Nick Saban isn't done building culture at Alabama, even after all those national titles and and everything else. And I think it's something you continue to do. You continue to find ways to pull more out of your guys and and Mm -hmm. encourage them to pull more out of themselves. Uh, I think think we're in a really interesting situation here because – Kansas is bowl eligible. And so a lot of people, you know, would point to that and say, as a fan and say, Hey, we're, we're good. I didn't expect Katie to be bowl eligible. This is, this is great. And yet there's still a lot to play for. And and I think that that's kind of maybe the message at this point, right. Is, is not, Hey, you're, you're six, you've got your six, you know, we're good, you know, whatever happens, let's, let's get to the bowl, but rather, Hey, do you want to be six and six or do you want to be bowl eligible and break the streak against Kansas state Mm. and grab a bowl game win? And if you do those two things, you're an eight win team this year, eight wins, eight wins with a win over Kansas state with all of those different things. Mm -hmm. And, And so I think that, that's what's interesting about this moving forward is I think that there's there's kind of this this path that you can walk where you don't hide from what happened against Texas. I, I think you you do the exact opposite where you say to them, it, you may even pair it with something like the Oklahoma State game and say, this Oklahoma State game is what it looks like when we do what we're supposed to do. When guys block they get the right angles they don't commit penalties they do you know their run fits are right they play with the right level of effort they execute all these different things and then you point at the texas game and say this is what can happen when we don't play like that Mm -hmm. and it's up to you you can decide hey we're going to play like we did against oklahoma state or hey we're going to play like we did against texas and i think going into that kansas state game a game where Obviously, Kansas State's going to be favored by quite a bit. I didn't see the opening line, did you? 12 and a half. 12 and a half. I would expect that to jump up after, you know, what we uh, what we saw this past weekend. I would expect that to be at least two touchdowns, you know, by kickoff. And so I think the wrong way to look at it is, you know, hey, we're playing with house money. The right way to look at it is, okay, you know, you're – you're just coming off your worst game of the season. How do you want to end this year? Mm. You have this chance to to really kind of add to this special season. And imagine the momentum 
that Kansas could have heading into bowl practices and all of that if they were somehow able to go into Manhattan and grab a win. Michael, imagine the momentum that they would have just if they kept this game close. Exactly. And, I, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that's your goal. Your goal is to win. But if Kansas goes to Manhattan and loses by a touchdown and it's a close game and K-State knows it was in for a game and it was a war and everything else, you're going to have a lot of pep in your step through those bowl practices where a lot of your young guys are getting more and more repetitions. And and I think that that can really set the table, not just for the bowl game, but for the entire offseason and where KU goes into next year too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, and the, the vibes. The vibes. Yeah. The vibes, the vibes. Are, they're important. And I think the vibes around the team, I'm fascinated to see what it's like on Monday and Tuesday. Obviously, yeah. it's early in the week, and, and there's a long way to go before a game, but what is it like? I think the team has done a good job of kind of that 24-hour rule that we've talked about in the past, but this will be tough. And I don't have a whole lot of confidence going into Saturday's game that Kate will be able to keep it close because what have teams done? The teams that have beaten Kansas and beaten Kansas handily, what have they done? They've run the ball and yep. controlled the pace of the game. And that's what K-State does. And I think it's going to be a huge challenge. And if KU is able to keep it 10 points or under, that's a, that's a win. Yep. It's a win. Because I was looking at it the other day. Outside of that um, 2018 game, yep. the Mike Lee game, and yeah. in Manhattan, that was close, and then David Beatty screwed it up. Shocker. Um, outside of that, it's not been close. Can you have another close game like that, that at least is another measuring stick? Even if it's not a win, can you show the progress? And fans don't like to hear that, but it's a fact of the matter. Can you continue to show progress? And that's what we've talked about this season. Can Kansas now – this is a great opportunity. Kansas had a lot of success early in the season. They got the goal – in the Oklahoma State game of getting to six wins. Well, now they just got their tail kicked. Can this team respond and put together maybe its best performance since the Oklahoma State game, but sure, their best performance of the season. Can they bounce back and be resilient after a bad loss like that? They've done it in games. I think it's different, though, when you go into a, uh, when you have a whole week to prep and you know what you're getting yourself into. And you know the coaches will have the players ready. They'll have a game plan, how they're going to try and attack, find an edge. But, man, K-State looks good. They look good. So uh, what are you looking for on Saturday? I think that's for me. Yeah. Can you keep within 10 points? Can you be competitive? Can you not get controlled? 
for me, that's the biggest thing. Just KU, can you not be controlled in the game? Can you have moments in, in swings in the game where the momentum is on your side? I think that's going to be key. Yeah, Kansas State is incredibly disciplined. They're well coached. Chris Kleiman is a great coach. They have good game plans. They adjust well. And, and I bring all that up to say Kansas State's not going to give you this game. No. And they're not going to give you the opportunity to stay within 10 points. You have to take it. And the way that you take that is by playing probably like what you said, maybe your best game of the season. And and even beyond that, it's it's playing – clean you know it, it's mm -hmm. executing it's being disciplined yourself and and doing all these little things and, and even beyond all of that it's when you get quentin skinner in that kind of matchup and, and i'm not trying to poke fun at anybody or anything like that i'm just saying those are the plays you have to have yeah for you, know, sure. you, you you put that ball on quentin skinner he scores a touchdown you get a situation where you drive the ball down the field. You don't pick up the penalty or whatever, even if it was a bad penalty, uh, and, and you score. Those are the things that Kansas is going to need to do. The defense is going to need to really show up, and, and they're going to need to show up and play really disciplined. I think you know one of the things that's difficult about this year's Kansas State team, maybe compared to other ones, is when Will Howard is in the ball game. He has an NFL caliber arm. And in the past, he hasn't always known where it was going. He seems to have figured it out. And, and so before you could kind of maybe even try to put a lot of guys in the box and, and slow down the Kansas State run game, in this game, you're going to probably need to put guys in the box, but you're also going to need Kobe Bryant, Melo Dotson. You're going to need those guys to hold up on islands and not give up a 60-yard touchdown play. You need to make K-State continue to execute and execute and execute. And, and I do think the other thing about it is you need to play with continued toughness because yep. K-State's a good team, and they're going to score points. KU's not going to win this game 7-3. to three. It's just not going to happen. Where KU can hang around or, or keep this thing close is instead of allowing K-State to score 45 – you keep K-State at 30 or 35, and uh -huh. maybe maybe you score 28, maybe you score 38, and maybe that's, you know, where you're, you're at in this thing, but you're not going to be able to win a shootout with them either. What you have to, you have to get some stops, and like I said, Kansas State not usually going to give that ball away freely, so you're going to have to actually line up, you know, make some positive plays or some negative plays for the offense, and so I'm interested to see how the defense bounces back. I'm sure that uh, it's probably not going to be the most pleasant week of practice for them, especially after after the day that Bijan had. And then you know you have Brooks come in and and have the 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 stuff that he did. Uh, but at the same time, if you do play that one game and and leave it all on the out all all out on the field, I'm not saying you don't want to win a bowl game, but I'll ask you this question. I'm 100% sure I know the answer pretty much. I, I should say 99.9%. But which would you rather win? The Liberty Bowl or beat Kansas State? Oh, I mean, it's pretty clear. Beat Kansas State just for the – obviously the in-state bragging rights, but also I think recruiting 
I think showing progress, I think just everything evolved. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, yeah, the best part, Kevin, it probably would keep Kansas State out of the Big 12 title game. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so that's the thing is if you're going to leave everything on the field one last time this year, make it against Kansas State. Leave, leave it all out on the field and I, and you know if you win that game you may feel like you can leave it all out on the game on the field you know in phoenix or in memphis or wherever else for the bowl game but like don't forget the bowl game just concentrate on this contest play the best possible game you can and like like you were saying like i was saying if you lose this thing by seven or ten points it, it's it's not the end of the world but if you win this thing, like all of a sudden you're setting yourself up for a 2023 with potentially so many players coming back that Kansas is a team. And this is crazy to say it, but Kansas is a team that could be looked at as a, a top half of the big 12 potential big 12 title contending type team. If you beat Kansas state, I mean, that's, that's what's at stake. It is. It is. And I think it's going to be a fa- fascinating week ahead. You mentioned leaving it all out. I think we left all our thoughts out. (laughs) I'm sure we'll have another midweek podcast. I think we'll get Fitz on. Um, I do a TV show with him weekly, so maybe we'll. Best of luck to you. Yeah, right. I know. Doing a weekly show with him. Ugh. Doing it again. No thanks. Double dose. But all right, Kevin. Well, thanks a bunch for for jumping on the podcast. As always, um, for those watching on YouTube, make sure you click on the link. We've got it in the description. Head over to the, any podcast app of your choice. Subscribe to the Fogged on a Podcast. If you're listening on your podcast app of choice, head over to the Fog Kansas basketball and football coverage. We've got some exclusive YouTube content up there. And obviously, you know, busy week ahead with press conferences Monday, Tuesday, K basketball playing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then a K football game on Saturday. Lovely times, exciting times ahead. Thank you as always, Kevin. And we will talk to you again next Sunday. All right. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.